0: Welcome to the VO School podcast, dedicated to the art, craft, and business of voiceover. Each week builds upon the last to give you a comprehensive understanding of a career in VO. My name's Jamie Muffet. I'm a full time voice talent and audio engineer, and I'll be joined by some of the industry's top professionals on both sides of the microphone to drill down and dig up the truth. Hello, hello, welcome to the VO School podcast. And today we've got a very exciting episode and our guest is Tracy Lindley. And we're talking about everything to do with LinkedIn. Now I don't say this on every episode, but I really do think that if you follow the advice in this episode, it could really affect your business in a positive way. And the reason I say that is that LinkedIn is a little mysterious to a lot of us, I think. Certainly was to me. And Tracy has unlocked a lot of the features that actually make a difference uh, for voice actors, actually for anyone using LinkedIn professionally. So I'm going to keep this short because the interview is quite a long one and we go into a lot of detail. So if you'd like to connect with us on social media, which you should do, the links can all be found on our website, which is voschoolpodcast.com. And that's pretty much it. So let's go ahead, have a couple of quick ads. And then we're going to get into our interview with Tracy Lindley.
1: Connect your studio to the world with IPDTL. IPDTL is a cost-effective alternative to ISDN without the need for hardware or line rental. Connect mix, and record up to four locations at the same time, including phone patch, right from your computer. You don't need additional software as IPDTL runs in your browser, and you can even get your own ISDN number. Try a day pass for just $15, or subscribe monthly or yearly.
0: So for directed sessions, interviews, and of course, podcasts, choose IPDTL. The National Zoo. (laughs) Because sometimes you just need to stroke a llama. Instagram download it and start embarrassing your teenagers today
1: resolve spot and stain because the dog's gonna drag his butt on the carpet he just is
0: engage the droid army with this lego star wars republic fighter tank hi it's j michael collins and these are just a few examples of the first class demos my team and i are producing if you'd like to have something similar visit jmcvoiceover.com and click on the demo production tab to find out more Okay, so today I'm joined by Tracy Lindley, who is a voice talent, but also a LinkedIn guru. So we're going to be talking all about LinkedIn today. So Tracy, thank you for joining me.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Jamie.
0: Very welcome. Okay, so as I say, today is all about uh, LinkedIn, but firstly, I want to find out a little bit about you. So why don't you tell us a little about your story?
1: Okay, let me think. Okay. So I'm in the Kansas City, Missouri area. And as you know, this is a flyover state as it's so lovingly referred to. <laughs> um, so the reason that I even got turned into linked turned on to LinkedIn is because I have to find a lot of my own work. Um, I do have several agents, not just locally, but all over and on both coasts. Um, but it's important to be able to know how to find your own business. As far as how I got into VO, I love kids. I've been reading out loud to children since I was old enough to read, including my younger brother, Hmm. who would have none of it because he's only a year and a half younger. He was like, I can read. Leave me alone. (laughs) But um, I used to volunteer at the library Um, when I was 12. I would read books out loud to little children. So basically, I've just been reading to kids my whole life, and they are a great audience. They, They will give you positive feedback. They're not too critical and... I babysat a lot. That's how I made a lot of my money as a teenager. Right. So, that's kind of how I got experience not knowing about the VO industry. But then I worked for a cable company and occasionally they would have me read commercials. Why when I say work for them, I mean work for free as an intern in college. Right. And I basically made no money, so I quit there pretty quick cuz I had bills to pay. Yeah. But um As I was there, I I made some contacts and that producer kept contacting me afterwards, even into, you know, I, I had my third child and I was hoofing it into his studio to record spots for him. Mm. And he was like, and I was like, you know what? It's just not worth it for 20 bucks anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he said, well, you know, people do this out of their house. And I said, I did not know that. So in January of 2014 is when I started researching the industry and I researched it for about nine months before I really started moving on it. I, I'm sometimes I jump in and sometimes I don't, but I wanted to absorb as much as I possibly could mm. so that I would make the least amount of mistakes as possible. And so far, that's worked out for me.
0: Oh, that's great. So you're you're relatively new to the industry then, if you started around 2015.
1: Yeah, I didn't book anything till the next year. Yeah, because the first year I was learning, cutting a demo, a yeah. couple of them, and. So yeah, I I guess I am relatively new, but when you want something and you work hard for it and you find you have a natural talent for it, it doesn't take as long as you might think.
0: No, well, this is actually what we're going to be looking at today and how you've sort of utilized LinkedIn and leveraged that into this new career for you. So um, firstly, specifically talking about LinkedIn, why is it so important? Why was it so important for you, this specific social media platform, do you think?
1: Well, um, I'm involved in basically as many as most people are, uh, Mm. but LinkedIn became my favorite for business purposes because it's known as a professional network. It's not just a social network. Um, Everything has its own place and its own purpose. But LinkedIn is specifically used for professional reasons, and everybody on there pretty much knows that. So, you know, you don't want to post things about your lunch or your children most of the time right. although I did just post something because my daughter had a voiceover things like that you want to keep it business relevant and most people know that so it's a great place to where people will actually give you their phone number their email sometimes their address um, people willingly post that because mm. they know you're not gonna use it for personal reasons or you're not supposed to
0: yeah absolutely
1: it's a goldmine of contact information, but a great place to build relationships in the professional world.
0: Well, I think it's also really great that you're sharing everything that you've learned because I actually heard about you because we have our meetup group here in Philly and we had a couple of people from the meetup group come back and we had our meeting last week or whenever it was. And they said, we, we went to this great talk at VO Atlanta and it was your talk about LinkedIn. And I hear that it was packed to the rafters. So congratulations on that.
1: It was a surprise. Um, yeah, there were, I think, 195 seats and people were flowing out the door and wow. hanging out against the back. But uh, I don't know. Or maybe there were only 100 chairs. The, you know, the fire code would be 195 seats. But right. anyway, yeah, it was full. It was full.
0: Well, I think that says a lot about uh, obviously you, but I think it says a lot about um, the mystery around LinkedIn as well, because it's kind of a somewhat confusing by comparison to something like Twitter. There's a lot of aspects to it. So I want to really sort of dig in there. And there's a few things we're going to be doing today. Um, I'm obviously going to be asking you questions, but there's questions from the audience that I've reached out to our listeners. Um, But also we're going to try and I don't know how this is going to work. This this may not work, but we're going to try and go through my LinkedIn profile and do it in a sort of podcast friendly way um, and look at some of the things I've maybe got right, but probably got completely horribly wrong. Um, oh, I'm
1: sure it's not so bad. Well, and I have refrained from looking at it, Jamie. I've never seen your oh, profile. Good. Okay, so I this didn't want to be... peek ahead of time.
0: Okay, good, good. So this is going to be your honest opinion. Okay, so um, when did you realize that LinkedIn was going to be your key? I mean, sometimes some people will go in uh, various different routes into this industry. So obviously that attracted you and you saw this as a, a sort of route into voiceover.
1: Well, you know, the weird thing is I never knew it was going to blow up the way it has. I didn't go into it thinking anything different than you would about starting a Twitter profile. Right. So, but uh, I don't know. I just kind of started using it. And as soon as I started getting results, as in people contacting me saying, hey, here's a script. I'd like you to do this kind of thing. Um, And nothing really happened until I started directly reaching out to other people. So having a profile isn't quite good enough. You have to use it and communicate with people because that's when I started to see results.
0: Right. So people contacted you as a result of seeing your profile and booking you for work or this is responses to those that that, um, outreach?
1: Well, I started using my I started taking my profile and using um, the messaging function to Mm. uh, message my connections back in 2015 at some point. I think halfway through. And um, at that point, I started seeing results. Mm. People were reaching out saying, yeah, I'll keep you in mind or, hey, I like your demo or, hey, here's a script. Can you give me a quote for this? And so um, the basic three steps of what I tell people on how to use LinkedIn is, number one, optimize your profile. Number two, uh, find, like you basically search for and connect with the people who actually need to hire you. Right. I mean, it's great to connect with other voice talent, but they can't hire you. Although referrals are great, mm. but your your focus should be to contact people who hire voice talent. And then the third thing would be to send them a message that is casual, but helpful and kind of the right blend of elements so that they're going to want to reach back out to you and work with you in the future.
0: Right. Um, and I, I would like to get to that verbiage a little bit later. Um, but first off, um, how do you focus on who to reach out to? Because, I mean, literally you could you could contact any number of a million different people in this country, sure. around the world. Like, how do, how do you sort of focus in on that?
1: Well, you know, I'm not going to say it's the same every time because mm. sometimes we get bored of the same methods. Right. Um, you can use you can look people up by location. You can look people up by maybe you went to the same school together. Um, You can look people up by their job title, obviously. Um, There are lots of different ways. And so if you're just starting out, probably, you know, just decide what you want to do that day. That's the way I do it because I'm a pretty spontaneous person and I'm I'm a high extrovert. So I get bored with the same thing, same thing all the time. Okay. so you can mix it up. Um, But a good one is video producers because there's so many of them. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of video producers. Now, anybody can put that in their title and it doesn't necessarily make them a good one. So that's when you look and you qualify your lead and see if this is somebody who has good work and you want to work with them and have your name associated with that person. And, you know, if they have low quality work, that probably means low rates if they were to hire you. Yeah. So you want to look for the the people who produce great quality work because those are the people that you want to work with. Um, It's good to have a focus as far as the genres that you provide. Mine are commercial, corporate video, um, explainer videos. I do a little IVR and then e-learning. So those are the main things that I have searched for and been successful in finding jobs on LinkedIn. I'm sure there are other options, but those are the ones that I pursue. And pretty much whatever you pursue is what you're going to find.
0: Right, right. So could you, would you mind telling us your process? I mean, obviously you're using the search box (laughs) and you're just typing in something and then you're getting a big list of responses. What is exactly the process that you go through when finding someone and connecting with them and then sending them a message?
1: Well, you have to do things in order when it comes to that. So you can't really start reaching out to people unless you optimize your profile. Okay. So I would have to go back to that first. But um, as far as the search features, I'd have to I'd have to screen share and show you the different functions. But you can go to advanced search, and there's a whole lot of options. Like I mentioned, um, right. you know, same school, uh, location, that sort of thing. So you can just look. You can you would have to look through the advanced search op- options, and then you would understand some of the things that you can use. If you want to go back to talking about the LinkedIn profile, that's your first step because you really you do have to do them in order. It's kind of like you don't want to reach out to an agent unless you have a good demo to show them. Right. You don't want to reach out to people unless you have a great profile to put forth and, and shine.
0: Okay. Well, why don't we go through the profile optimization right now then, um, seeing as that's the first step? So, um, did you want to give us a brief outline of uh, what a good profile entails and then maybe we can look at mine
1: okay (laughs) i have just navigated (laughs) to yours
0: okay oh dear
1: okay so you've got a background photo i can't quite tell what it is what is that (laughs) is that your arm
0: no it's my hairy face
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay i i am not understanding this this i'm not i'm looking on the mobile version because i'm over in my studio part
0: so I don't know what it looks like.
1: Well, that's another thing you have to think about is, does it look good on desktop and mobile? It has to make sense on both platforms. Right. So I always tell people to check it on your phone, check it on your iPad or tablet, and check it on your desktop. Um, It's tricky. The background photo is the toughest thing. But when you first look at someone's profile, the first thing you see is what?
0: The, The profile picture or the background, one of those two?
1: Yeah, both of those, because your mm. eye is going to see the visual aspects of the profile before it sees the text. It's mm. just the way we work. So your profile photo and background photo have to be great.
0: Mm. And I
1: always tell people to think about it professionally. And yours could be more friendly because you're not yeah. smiling in the photo. Yeah. You're artistic, and that's that cool. Yeah, but you have beautiful piercing blue eyes. So pick a different photo from your uh, repertoire of your last headshot session mm. and put up a friendlier one where you're smiling, because I try to tell people to look at it as if they were maybe having coffee with someone or their, well, the really your profile. Um, this is sort of someone's first impression of you. So if you were to go up and talk to somebody at a mixer or some kind of networking opportunity, you're going to smile, right?
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Jamie,
1: you're gonna smile, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so smile in your picture. I know you're British, but don't you guys smile, right?
0: Yeah, we just try <laughs> to hide our teeth. That's the thing. That's the. Uh...
1: Oh no. Well, you can smile without your teeth then.
0: No, it's okay. They're not too horrendous. <laughs>
1: you're funny. Uh, and then your background photo should be something where I can recognize it if I'm mo- on mobile, which. I think that's your lips in front of a microphone, and that's it's, your it's neck. behind
0: a grill. That's what's confusing. Is I've got the grill of the uh, in front of the microphone, and my face is behind the grill, so it's completely distorted. It probably makes sense on on the desktop, but yeah, I actually updated that only like, you know, I knew I was doing this, so I was like, I, I tried to <laughs> for refrain from changing it too much because I I wanted to get your honest opinion, but I that was a thing that I changed today. Uh huh. But that you want to try be- to
1: clean up before the maid comes over.
0: Yeah, that's right. Exactly.
1: Or whatever your British equivalent would be to that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> before the butler comes in.
1: The butler. Okay. <laughs> so I would change your background photo to make it more um, mm. recognizable as to what in the heck that is. Instead yeah. of your Adam's apple, let something else be the focus.
0: Okay. Um,
1: yeah. But it's fun that it's black and white. I think that's a cool contrast to your color picture. And then that's not a specific rule because mine's color and color, but I'm very like vibrant as a personality. So I need color and lots of color.
0: I'm a bit more black Um, and white.
1: Well, there you go. So keep it black (laughs) and white. That's great. But you got to smile. Yeah. Um, Another thing I tell people is that they can put their um, website address and their email address in their background photo. And Mm. that way, before someone even connects with you, you can actually um, provide that contact information to them because they're going to see that even if they aren't connected with you. Mm-hmm. So you can just use. Um, some people use Canva or Photoshop. I actually yeah. hired a graphic designer because it's a very tricky dimension, and mm. it is hard to get it to look right on um, on all the different platforms.
0: Right. So, yeah. They had. Do they have? Uh, presumably, they have guidelines for the resolution and the the uh, dimensions and things like that for their banner. Right.
1: Things. But then it doesn't work. You know, you make it, you try your best and then it just doesn't look great. So um, if anybody needs a good graphic designer, I have somebody that I refer people to or just use your your favorite graphic designer. Right. Or maybe maybe people listening know more about that than I do. I'm not a great graphic designer, so I outsource stuff that I'm not awesome at. So that's one of them. Yeah. Okay. And then you've got you're a voice talent, podcast producer, photographer. Cool. Mm. Um, You put that you're the greater Philadelphia area. That's a good one because um, if you live in some smaller suburb that's not quite recognizable, this um, associates you with the next largest city.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: But uh, a tip that I tell people is don't say that you are from a city if that city is two hours away, let's say. Mm. Um, I'm actually about an hour away from Kansas City, but I have a session tomorrow in Kansas City because I am, I am able to drive. If you're able to drive there for a session and you're willing to drive there, then that, that city, you, you can put that down.
0: Well, interestingly, I, I do all my work in New York. Um, I've only moved to Philadelphia a year and a half ago. Um, I don't really do much work in Philadelphia, if I'm honest. So would, would you suggest putting the place where you do the majority of your work in that case?
1: That's a tough one. How far of a train ride and everything is? How far? How long does it take you to get there?
0: About an hour and a half. I usually get the train in, but I mean, I go in there every week to work. So this is very niche. (laughs) This is very specific. You may
1: have stumped me on that. Um, I don't know because that that's a tough one. If you do most of your business in New York, although if someone were to look up your phone number, which area code are you linked to?
0: It's a New York. Area, num- area code, so 646. <laughs> well, six.
1: I give yeah. you permission to put okay. down that you're part of the greater New York area.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. If
1: that is the biggest market that you work in and yeah. you go there all the time for sessions, I don't think that's a problem.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. And that
1: is better for you mm. because that's a bigger market, obviously.
0: Well I but, think that would that would apply to a lot of people who are in sort of commuter belt areas you know where they're coming in to work maybe outside of London or or areas areas like that where they should then in that case choose that center of work for them as their location.
1: I think that's fair. Wherever mm. you're doing the most work on a consistent basis I don't yeah. think people really care where exactly you live. It they they want to know where you work. This is a professional network so I think it's fine to put greater New York.
0: Okay. Well, that'll be changing.
1: (laughs) There you go. Um, So moving on, Uh, you've got a lot of lists here. The good thing about it is that those lists are separated with, um, you know, kind of a bracket looking thing. Yeah. But it's list. It doesn't tell me anything about who you are, Jamie. Right. I need to know more about who you are. You need to tell a little bit of a story in your summary section. Okay. So... Right now you have, I'm a voice actor, audio engineer, and photographer from the UK, now living in PA and NYC. And that is all that you tell me about yourself, (laughs) except down a little bit. You know, you talk about your visual, your podcast, and you talk about hosting this podcast. But Mm. it doesn't tell me anything about who you are as a person, what you're like to work with. So these are the things you want to do. When you talk about your summary, tell me a story. Make it compelling. Mm it needs to be kind of like, think of it as sort of an email. The top two lines need to be compelling enough for someone to read it. Right. So that's like your subject line. And then as you go in, you need to tell a story about, oh, you know, you don't have to go into your whole childhood or how you got into voiceover, but everyone is going to be different. This could be sort of your elevator pitch, or it could be it it could be just, it has to be what you would talk to someone about if you were, again, let's go to that hypothetical mixer or networking event. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about who you are.
0: And your voice type as well and that kind of stuff or predominantly your personality or what you offer?
1: Um, I would like, I think it's good to talk about why you're unique, why mm. I should work with you instead of some other British voice talent. Right. So that's what I... That's what I suggest to people. But more than anything, it needs to be interesting. It needs to be worth reading and exciting.
0: Maybe other people fall into this too. Maybe it's just me. But I view LinkedIn as more of a sort of cold, hard business exchange, more like a sort of resume as opposed to a friendly chat, like you're saying. Um, And maybe I'm looking at it LinkedIn all wrong in that case.
1: Well, it's more friendly than you think. Yeah. Um, I've I get to have some of the I I've had some great conversations with people. Mm. Um, I just had a phone conversation today from somebody that I contacted earlier. Oh, probably middle of the way last year, and you can. It's a great place to actually meet real people. Um, we were commiserating um, about a client and his very low budget, and I, I basically I turned down the job because. It wasn't going to cut it, but we had a great conversation and we bonded over it. And then, you know, we talked about not working together for this project, but future projects. Right. So I get a lot of phone calls and emails and messages because it's people do want to get to know you. Yeah. Um, the human, the human psyche just wants to build relationships. And so even though this seems kind of like, like you said, kind of cold hearted, uh, everybody put on their business suit. That's not really what this is. It's a place for it's kind of like meetup.com in a way yeah. as far as we're coming together with a common need and a common interest. And let's and, and let's keep the business perspective to work together. He, You know, you need me. I need you. Let's work together. Right. So that's the mentality that we should have. And that's that's the way that I want everyone to approach it, because that's how you're going to be successful on LinkedIn is if you look at it. From a, a business perspective, yes, as far as we don't need to sit here and talk about my personal life too much, but you wanted to know my story about how I got into voiceover. And I think most people mm. are view voiceover as a really interesting industry. Yeah. I've had people want to connect with me just because they're like, oh, voice actor, cool. So they want to connect yeah. just because it's an interesting industry. Yeah, absolutely. So we are so inundated in it that we don't think about. It's fun, it's cool, it's exciting, yeah and and you know video production is too, I think, yeah, but um, so look at it that way. Don't forget how intrigued you were to first enter the industry, yeah and share some of that with someone else.
0: I love it, that's great, so let's move down
1: well, you've got a lot of great uh voiceover clients but you don't need to list all of them so
0: that was going to be something i was going to ask you actually like once you've listed a few big clients is that enough just to legitimize you
1: i i do think so it's Mm. just so many that no one's going to look at them all right and you also don't want to appear as oh me 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 you know look at all (laughs) i did (laughs) and i know that's not what you're doing at all but you don't want to be perceived the wrong way
0: right yeah
1: um I think it's interesting to know that you studied music tech. So you can, you can put that, but that'll also go down in your education section. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I would just make it more of a story, but do keep the paragraphs kind of short because people have short attention spans. Okay. Bullet points are great. You can use um, emojis from your phone, like a check mark or a bullet point or a, a diamond or whatever, to try to break up um, the information that mm-hmm. you're providing.
0: And in this summary section, you've got a word count limit, don't you? I've, I've sort of come up against that. So you don't want to be, it, they obviously don't want you to be too wordy in this section.
1: I can't remember what it is. It might be 2,000, but you don't need to use all of it anyway. Right. People's attention spans are extremely short in okay. this current society. I was mm. just watching a video that says goldfish have a longer <laughs> attention span than human beings today. Really? <laughs> yes.
0: The no, the video sense. that
1: I was watching said that goldfish have an attention span of, I think, five seconds and humans were like four.
0: Wow. Okay. I know.
1: I know. So keep it short.
0: We're de-evolving. I know. De-evolving.
1: <laughs> we're doing it to ourselves, though. But right. we have to cater to that. We have to keep, you know, we have to go with what is. And what is is that people don't have much time or don't want to take much time. So make it very easy to read, make it exciting, and uh, just keep it as brief as possible, but with the most punch. And again, I would recommend outsourcing that if you're not a great copywriter. Some people are amazingly talented and the worst writers. Right. So you can't be good at everything. I'm awful at math. I have to get out my calculator for every quote, just about.
0: Right, yeah, me too.
1: If you're not good at copywriting, outsource
0: yeah actually getting someone to write a bio for you is really helpful as well just for whenever you're sending an email or wherever you're you know with your website and stuff i find that you know having that third third person perspective oh and that was the other thing is should you be writing from a first or a third person perspective in this no, summary section do you think
1: you have it right it should be from a first person perspective it should right. not it should not be jamie is a voice actor audio engineer it should not be that because yeah. again Going back to the mixer, you're talking to someone. Pretend you're talking to some an actual person. Right. I do this. I am this. Okay. This is my story. So, All yeah. right.
0: All right. That's good. And
1: that also helps take some of the coldness out of LinkedIn mm. because some people do just put their resume up there. But that's wrong because this is a professional network. Um, you know, it's, it's a relationship building platform.
0: And this summary section here is really your only opportunity to have that conversational feel, isn't it? Because the rest is quite listy, you know, quite resume-y.
1: It doesn't have to be so much, but yeah, you get more into the nitty gritty when it comes to your job experience section. Mm. So yes, I would agree that the summary section is the most important as far as telling your story and setting yourself as a a unique person.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Good. Should we move down?
1: If you hear children, I apologize. That's fine. Ooh, that's <laughs> my to husband atmosphere. took them to the grocery store for a little while, and I guess they're back. <laughs> this is my VO life.
0: Okay, yeah, we can all relate. Well, I don't have kids, but I, I've got cats and <laughs> other things, no cats. Make, and we live near a train line, so <laughs> it's not ideal. <laughs>
1: Sending a text right now. Help. Okay. <laughs> oh, and one thing that you've done an excellent job of is posting your media samples.
0: Oh, good. Um, okay. Um.
1: Yeah, you want to post those in both sections. Put the, put the media samples both in the summary and the job experience section.
0: Okay. Because
1: you never know where people are going to click. Again, with the short attention spans. Or maybe they're not familiar with LinkedIn and they're not sure, you know, they can't navigate as easily because now you have to click that little button that says see more. Yeah. Up at the top on the summary. If they don't click that or, you know, let's just say they don't use LinkedIn all that much and they're not sure where to find the information quickly. Um, the job experience section, they don't have to click. They can just scroll.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And then the experience section is kind of self-explanatory. You just put in what you've done. But what I was going to ask actually is, are you somewhat obliged to put everything or is it okay to leave maybe blank areas where you don't necessarily want to say that I was flipping burgers for two years, whatever?
1: (laughs) Well, I I have a course on LinkedIn and in that particular section, I do say you don't have to bear it all. You don't. This is yours, and I often don't even look at dates. And some, you know, and in in the past, I've been a, I've been saying you don't necessarily have to list all your job experience. I would say, um, you know, I actually recently updated my job experience to reflect that I was an auto claims adjuster because I just launched um, an automotive specific demo and website to go with it. So I wanted people to know that I do have automotive experience and that would add some credibility to what I'm doing. Yeah. So I went ahead and recently updated recently, meaning like two days ago. So your your um, job experience or your summary or your media samples. It's the internet. You can mm-hmm. change it. Yeah. But um, to answer your question, I would say that you don't have to list absolutely everything. Okay. Um, let's look at yours. You. So you're a voiceover artist, and um, it's really, really short. Yeah. Uh, it's it just says voicing for some of the world's biggest companies, including, and then you've got a short client list. Yeah. And so that doesn't that doesn't tell me anything either. So. What I tell people to do is when you're first starting with your summary, that's kind of like when you don't really know somebody very well. And then let's just say that on the job experience section, this is if someone says, oh, so what's what's it like being a voiceover talent? Like, who have you voiced for? Where would I have heard you get? You're moving in a step. You're getting to know that person a little bit more. Right. Um. So that's when you can give more detail about your job and not just who you are.
0: Right. I was thinking of that section as more of a line item section, but that's where you're really digging into the details. Like you say, okay, that's good to know. All right, great.
1: I mean, it's the internet, so you can check out anybody else's profile. I don't care if people go check out mine.
0: Well... I've got your profile up here, so we're going to go through yours in a second.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to turn the tables on you. <laughs> oh, I see what's going on here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've looked at it and it's great, so I'm not going to pick any holes in it. Of course.
1: <laughs> there, you know, and I'm going to say too, there is no absolute right or wrong when it comes to LinkedIn. Again, it's the internet. Yeah, it's it's not an ethical, you know, it's not a it's not a political or ethical. Platform here. I mean, we're just we're providing information to people and, and how you do it. Sometimes there can be a better way than another, but mm. you're not going to totally screw your chances of landing that gig if, oh, my gosh, you don't do your job experience correctly.
0: Right. Yeah, of course. You
1: just want to put your best face forward is what I tell people. But don't stress about it. And yeah. don't be afraid to reach out to people if you think it's not absolutely 100% perfect. The best advice I can give people is just to fill it out completely, including even your volunteer section. And mm. the reason I tell people to do that is because it shows you're human. You care about other people and mm. you're willing to volunteer your time to help someone else. We all like people like that. So be likable.
0: Okay. Now, the skills and endorsements. um, they used to be a thing, didn't they, where people would endorse you for various different skills. Is that is that relevant anymore? Are people still doing that? I don't seem to have yeah. that box come up anymore. Oh, people do? Okay.
1: People do. It just doesn't come up as a suggestion and click here. But look, right. okay, so I just I just am endorsing you now for, ad, for audio engineering. On the LinkedIn mobile app, it will say, thanks for endorsing Jamie. Help us learn mo- more about your network. And then it'll say, how good is Jamie at audio engineering? Of course, highly skilled. I'm going to (laughs) click next. But when you do it on desktop, none of that comes up. You just click it. So the desktop and the mobile app are different, which is, again, why LinkedIn is so frustrating to so many people. Because, yeah, I mean, when you go to Twitter or Instagram, it's pretty much the same, right, on desktop or mobile I'm sure there are different features and I am brand new to Instagram. So don't ask me any Instagram pic- uh, questions. I well, it's very
0: it. straightforward. I mean, compared to, Insta- uh, to, compared to LinkedIn, it's, it's a cinch, really.
1: <laughs> That's true. And it takes a whole lot less time to set up a profile, which is, again, yeah. why people are like, ugh, LinkedIn. I get it. I do. And it is clunky. There's only certain things you can, like you can't send an MP3. You can send a link, mm. but you can't attach an MP3. Yeah. You can attach like a PDF or something. Or or a Word document, I think. I don't remember. I don't send those. I send PDFs. Right. So, yeah, it is clunky. But that's why I try to move to email if I can. um, Once it gets past the, hey, you know, you've got this script that somebody wants to send you. I I try to move it to email if they give me a script, if they ask me for a quote, if they need my demos, anything like that. Because that way it's also going to be easier to find them, like in your Gmail account or something. Yeah. Uh, it's just it, it is clunky. I do understand why people are frustrated with it. Right. But to go back to your question about skills and endorsements, you'll find I'm a rabbit trail person. Um, <laughs> people do still use those. So now I've just bumped your thirty four recommendation or endorsements up to thirty
0: five. Yes. This, yes! Is, this is the whole point of this this conversation.
1: I knew that's why you brought <laughs> me over here. Yeah. But recommendations are really important and. So the recommendation section is like your own personal Yelp. Right. It's your reviews. It's your testimonials. I, I haven't excelled
0: treat- at this section myself, as you can see.
1: Well, all you have to do is ask. Right, so you yeah. simply click on someone's profile that you've worked with and then simply say, ask for recommendation.
0: Okay. So this is a really an important section, is it? Because I've I've never even, I actually wrote my first recommendation yesterday for for a friend of mine. Um, she asked me to do that and absolutely happy to do it, of course. Yeah, um, most so, people are. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I'm on your profile right now. And even on the mobile app, I can do that. You just click the three dots next to message right. and click request a recommendation. Okay. So you go to, you navigate oh. to that other person's profile and then ask from there. Oh, I but see. It's, it's so simple. And you need those because people need to see that you are great to work with. Then they want to see that from someone else other than you. They want to make sure... Right that you are credible and that speaks I think higher to people than whatever your client list is because you could have made that up but you can't make up a recommendation that comes from someone else
0: of course yeah no that makes perfect sense okay all right we gotta be getting close to the end now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is painful
1: (laughs) oh it's not so bad you do have some work to do though and that's the thing is it does take a while it does take a while to set up your profile correctly yeah, And I, I also tell people to try to do it on a, a weekend or an evening because most people are looking at LinkedIn during business hours mm. or maybe slightly after work, but then they just want to forget about it and cruise around on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Yeah, People get off of LinkedIn, according to the statistics, um, after business hours, and they okay. don't even check it hardly at all on weekends. I get a few messages on weekends, mm. and usually I don't send out direct messages on weekends either, although, you know, they'll see it when they... When they log in on monday but it's it's just there's there's um there's no way to say send it later unless there's some robot somewhere that does that but i don't use robots
0: right yeah do you post status updates and things like that you know as in like like facebook or twitter on linkedin or or are you purely reaching out to people directly
1: no it really takes a combination um the client that called me today Actually, this is interesting that you should ask me that because today he says to me on the phone, I see that you're really active on LinkedIn and so I wanted to reach out to you because you seem like you know what you're doing. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was a really nice compliment. I'm like, oh my gosh, someone pays attention to my status up. Yeah. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) But also it's fun because you can get obsessive though because you can check who's seen it and it'll show you the um, analytics. So don't get too caught up in that, but right. you can see who has been looking at your, well, not who has been, but how many views your stuff has gotten. Right. Like um, my last article, I can look at it, it says 88 clicks on your article. Um, hmm. But then the views is like, I don't know, 2000 or something. So don't get caught up too much in the analytics, but it is kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can easily become a narcissist, so don't do that. Right. But. It's also, it's encouraging to know that someone is actually paying attention to what you have to say. Mm -hmm. So I always try to make it really positive. Some of it's work-related. Some of it's just um, inspiration. But you can also see someone's activity by clicking on their profile. Um, Oh, yeah. So you can see what someone liked. It's kind of like on Facebook. I mean, you can see someone's activity very Mm. easily. If someone commented on something... Uh, If someone was mentioned on something, if someone posted, all that stuff.
0: Now, I noticed on LinkedIn that they removed that button that you could look at your profile as if it was from a different perspective from someone else, um, which is slightly irritating to know exactly how you're going to be viewed.
1: Well, if you're looking at it on the mobile app, um, it's pretty much that's how someone's going to see it. It's exactly the same. Okay. Yeah. Only you push the pencil in the corner to edit it. And then right. you'll see it. So I think that's probably why they took it away because it's just it's it is what it is.
0: It's kind of redundant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you have the power to um to edit it.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. And
1: there's always that gear button too where you can change your privacy settings and all that stuff. So there there's kind of there's a few things to know. But the more you poke around, the better. There's Google, there's my LinkedIn course. If I could drop a line to that, it's yeah. the, the dot com. Okay. And it's it's gonna. I mean, if who has time to Google all this, right? So yeah. I've done it for you. I've Googled. I've researched. I've got personal experience, and um, I don't really have success stories within the uh, within the course. But I have a few testimonials on the website itself. In fact, I need to update that. It gets very little attention because my voiceover stuff takes precedence for sure. Yeah, of but um, this is it's one of those things where I never meant to create a course at all but um the very first time that i ever presented linkedin information was at fafcon in 2016 right it was my first voiceover conference and i felt that outsider imposter syndrome that we all experience <laughs> at the yeah. beginning but i actually think going to conferences is really good for fixing that because yeah at fafcon and there aren't any more there's one more and they are only letting in people who have never been mm-hmm. so so you can't go to FAFCON, but a great one coming up is WovoCon in November. Yep. And there's a mini-con. That one will be in Las Vegas. Yep. There's a mini-con in June, and that one will be in Toronto. So if anybody is not familiar with World Voices, excellent uh, place to start. Um, or if you're a professional member, it's, it's phenomenal. I love World, Vo- uh, World Voices. I'm yep. on the outreach committee, so I have to plug them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs>
1: but, but I jumped on that committee by choice. So anyway, so I go to this conference and at Fafcon, you have the ability, it's called the unconference. So you have the ability to actually speak if, if you want to. Mm. And, you know, my, you're sitting there, your heart's beating. You're like, should <laughs> I, should I not? So the way they do it is you put, a, you put your topic on a note card on the wall and people will use stickers to indicate whether they would like to go to that or not. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll just put it up here and just see what happens. So I simply put, I think it was like LinkedIn marketing or something. And the whole index card was filled up. I'm like, oh no, now I'm going to have to throw together a PowerPoint presentation yeah. and give this. <laughs> so yeah. I go in that day and I couldn't even eat lunch. I was so <laughs> nervous. I remember. And one of my sweet friends, George Washington III, was like, you got this, you can do this. And I was like, Okay. So I go in there and it's filled with industry pros, like people that have been in the business for way longer than me. And they've got their notebooks ready and everything. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to bring it. And there were even hecklers. Some of my friends, (laughs) well, one of my friends from Kansas City was a bit of a heckler and I gave him him a hard time for that.
0: (laughs) Well, to be honest, I'm not surprised because LinkedIn is this monolithic um, thing that there's this sense, I think, if you don't understand it, and I'm bordering on not understanding it. Um, I think there's this sense that if you get it right, it's a cash cow, you know, but it's just too complicated to get, wrap your head around or there's too many factors to consider. Um, but based on what you've been saying today, it, once you understand how people use it, I think that is a real key to getting the most out of it.
1: Absolutely and And you do have to understand what is appropriate, what mm. is not, what perspective to take. And that's why social media is tricky because each platform is different, yeah. So I mean, Twitter is one thing. Instagram is another. Facebook is another, which I'm told it's for people that are older. So I guess <laughs> I'm in that category because I don't like to hang out on Instagram.
0: <laughs> it's, it's implicit in LinkedIn that you're there to do business, which is is not the case in the other in the other platforms. So, I think it that's why people see that as as more of a slightly intimidating or maybe platform than something like a Twitter or, or a Facebook or something so um yeah. actually one of the comments I asked uh, the Facebook group if they had any questions for this episode and someone just put how question mark question mark <laughs> which I thought was brilliant <laughs> um so that really says it all that was Adam Giles thanks Adam <laughs> um, that's and funny. we'll get we'll get to a few more questions a bit later um so I think, I mean, unless you have anything else to say, I'm...
1: Oh, I always have something to say.
0: Well, regarding my LinkedIn profile.
1: Oh, yes. I will I will leave it at that.
0: Okay, good. Right. So now I'm going to turn the tables on you. Oh, boy. And I'm looking at yours. And I can see exactly a lot of the stuff that you've been saying straight away. You've got a big colorful banner and... Now, the thing that jumps out to me is you've got two whacking great stars next to your name. <laughs> whacking
1: that, great. That's yeah.
0: right. <laughs> Does that help? <laughs> is that crucial? Let me tell you
1: something about those stars. Okay. Everybody's copying them. Oh, really? So, <laughs> yes. Which, you know, they were really cool when I first put them on there. And this was probably... I probably added the stars about, I don't know, maybe a year ago. Maybe a year and a half ago. I don't remember. Yeah. But um, the more that people are finding out about the whole LinkedIn thing, the more they keep copying my stars. So I might start just taking them off. It doesn't really matter one way or the other. I'm not going to say that the stars are a maker or breaker point. Yeah. Um, They're simply a way to draw attention to you above someone else. Right. Which is the point. You are trying to stand out. But again, if everybody keeps copying them, then I'm just going to take them away because I don't want to be that person that is like everybody else, but other people are finding other emojis to use for their name. So I don't know, whatever
0: you don't it's, want to use like a poop emoji or something like that. No, or like I the wouldn't. middle finger emoji.
1: <laughs> no, no eggplants. No, no, no peaches. Um, <laughs> none of that stuff because it's not professional, but um, right. honestly, yeah, we're not on I Facebook. don't think, it. I don't think the stars are the make or break point. So um, I do have voice actor in my name. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you're really supposed to do that. Might be maybe not, but no one's no one's um taken down my profile so um it's just a way for people right away to know what I do.
0: Mm. And straight away your summary is is like you say it's more of a story. Um, you actually mentioned story. <laughs> uh, you, actually, I see the word story everywhere in your your summary text.
1: Well, because isn't that what voice or voice talent, um, video producers often use that term? Yeah. Telling, you know, storytelling. It's all storytelling.
0: Mm. And you're using capitalization to emphasize things that you want to jump out?
1: Mm hmm. Because you can't use bold or italics. They don't have that option.
0: Right. Okay. And it looks really super tidy and like you say it's like shortish sentences so that's easy to get through. And you've got your multimedia and all that kind of stuff. Um it looks super great. And under experience, what I really like, what's cool is that you don't have to expand it out. It what's the word? Populates fully. So you don't have to expand out your experience and you can see all your clients and all that kind of stuff. Um it looks really nice.
1: Thanks. And you do have to expand it on mobile. Oh okay. Um, because obviously there Well, there's not a lot of room on mobile, but so, yeah, you do have to, on the mobile version, click each experience that you want to see. And the whole point is to be friendly, but to make it really easy to read, to get your point across as quickly Mm. as possible. But just be respectful of people's time. And always put your contact information absolutely everywhere. Because like I said, some people don't know how to navigate LinkedIn and they're not going to know You have to go, you know, how to find the contact information. So just, I always say, make it as easy as possible for people to contact you. Because Mm. like in every email, there has to be a call to action. With everything that you write with marketing, it needs to have a call to action. And in this case, that call to action is please contact me Mm. for work, basically. But yeah, so, but when you contact people, you should always be, like I said, casual, but helpful. Yeah. Um, you never want to come across as needy or desperate or, um, hey, I need to pay my bills, so please hire me. That's, that's not attractive to people. Mm. So you want to make it appealing, but um, you know, keep it casual. Keep it, keep it, th- it client focused. Yeah. That's the most important thing with everything you do is to keep it client focused. What do they want to see? What do they want to read? When you write your your messages to connect with people and, you know, when they connect back, you want to write a message back to them. Everything you say should be focused on how you can help. You know, don't be bossy and say, I want you to listen to my demos. Just drop your email link and keep it casual. They can see all your stuff on your profile, so you don't need to be redundant.
0: Yeah, and you don't need to be super selly. You don't have to uh, promote yourself too hard. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So you've got your recommendations there. And yeah, everything you're saying, you're sort of following in your own (laughs) profile, you'd expect.
1: Well, I try to keep it real. Yeah. If I I don't do it, I don't tell other people to do it.
0: Right. Well, that's great. Okay. So I think we've, um, we're clear now on how to set up your profile. So yeah, you talked there. I want to bring in a question from our audience, actually. You talked there about reaching out to people and um, I had a question here from Nick Denton and he says, how do you connect with content producers without coming across as pushy or doing it the wrong way? Um, I know you can send a message when connecting with them, but obviously you want to do it the right way. And then Brendan McNulty followed up and said, what is the LinkedIn etiquette of the current times? I've seen people use it as just an online resume slash business card. But others are very aggressive in using it for, for marketing and promotion. So um, there's a couple of questions in one there, but yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. What, what would you say about that?
1: Okay. Let me look at Nick's first. So, how to connect with, uh, with content producers without yeah. coming across as pushy? So, any, okay, everybody has to write cold emails, right? I mean, we've mm. all done that. Um, a good cold email is interesting, is helpful. Uh, is short and to the point and kind of, and also, like I mentioned, gives a call to action. Um, if, if you want to know how to write a good cold email, there's, you know, use Google. Google is your friend. Yeah. Um, writing a cold email is kind of what you're doing here. You're basically using LinkedIn as an extension of your website. I tell people to look at it as if it were like your website, even when it comes to SEO stuff, use keywords. Um, and so when you're when you're writing to people, think of it as kind of an email, but you've got to keep it really short. I don't know what everybody else writes in their cold emails, but mine are very short. Mm. Um, there's the call to action, those things I mentioned. So coming across as pushy is when you tell people what to do. People right. hate that. People yeah. hate that. Um, and another way that is wrong is if you comment on someone's profile picture and tell them they sure look beautiful in that picture. I mean that is the wrong right. way to approach someone too. just mm. think about how you would want to be approached by someone.
0: I wouldn't mind that, but yeah, <laughs> <Different> <laughs> Well, I've cases. gotten it
1: before and I don't <laughs> like it. No,
0: it's, it's very different. Yeah,
1: it's well, you don't want to do that. Um, just no. think of all the things that you would hate. Yeah. Look when you, when you're, before you press send, look at it and think, does this person have time to read what I wrote or should I condense a bit? Mm-hmm. Um, does it, Tell the most important information quickly. Um, does it have a call to action? And does it sound helpful, like right. someone that I would want to work with? And if it if it looks good, push send. And I'm okay with doing templates as long as you try to change the front part to make it something about that person's work specifically or yeah. um, maybe they're in your same area or you guys went to school together. I try to find something of common interest that mm-hmm. we can chat about.
0: What's your policy for connecting to someone who you've never met and just want to work with, and you don't have any work history with them? Because on LinkedIn, if you find someone's name and you haven't worked with them before, the only way of forging that connection is to either have their—is it? Uh, well you can explain—is—is is, you have to have their email, or do you kind of fudge it and say that you've worked with them before?
1: No, um, LinkedIn changed that, so you oh, okay. don't have to have their email. Now there are some people who set their privacy settings to require an email address. Okay, so you will run into that, and in those cases, there are so many fish in the sea that I just skip them. Okay, because I don't, how am I again now? You could try going to. Um, the person's, if, if you can see what their website is or their company website, but a lot of times they're going to put in their Gmail address. I've noticed that people often do that because when people change jobs, they don't want to have to update their, um, profile. So a lot of times they'll just use their Gmail accounts, which is not going to be the company email anyway that you would find on the So I think, I mean, I know from experience that even if you don't know them at all, It's okay to contact someone as long as you are cool about it. And just, there are so many ways to find a good lead. You can, um, you know, you can check out someone, like if you have a video producer that you're already connected with, let's say they post an interesting question and another video producer answers, or this applies in the e-learning world as well. There'll be this big, long thread of conversation and you can just pick people off of that thread and start connecting with them and say, I loved your comment about X, Y, Z, mm. you know. So that's a fun, organic way to to find leads as well. They're just they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, you could see, I don't know, you could see the producer of a commercial. Oh, let's just say you're looking through YouTube and you found something. I mean, everything, everybody comes back to LinkedIn because most people are on it.
0: Yeah now chris lewis has a question and actually it's the same question slightly differently worded as kelsey navarro and chris says if we do multiple things in addition to acting like so many of us do is it better to have two linkedin profiles one for the actor and another for the other activities um i think a lot of people fall into that category because when they fall into voiceover they're tending to do something else so they're their uh, LinkedIn profile is focused in a different direction. Should they set up a new profile then, or you no? Know, you it, can't. Yeah. You
1: really should not have more than one profile. It is against LinkedIn policy, and that one, I think, you really have to listen to that one. Um, even on Facebook, it's it's weird to have two profiles because what if you look up someone's name and then these two profiles pop up at the same picture? I yeah. mean, it's easy to see that they have two, so that's not going to work. Mm. So what you got to do is think about what you're going to use linkedin most for if this person is in an industry where they constantly use linkedin that becomes tricky um and you're just going to have to really choose a focus but you can add multiple job experiences i mean that's what you've got on yours you've mm. you can have more than one job that you're currently doing yeah and you can even put all those things in the in the front part of it um, if you're using your LinkedIn profile to also get photography clients, mm. I mean that's great because you're already doing it. Mm. I don't do anything other than voiceover, so I don't have to deal with this on my profile. But it's very easy to deal with. Um, everybody should go to Jamie's profile because I really <laughs> like the way that you have separated those um, with that line, which I I think is just a capital I. Mm. So uh,
0: yeah, it's 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 like a bra- It's like a straight bracket. It's not an I. It's it's to the right of the brackets button on my keyboard. <laughs> oh, it's like well, a... and I just used an I. So oh, okay, whatever
1: works. So um, I I think in answer to Chris's question, it's do not have two LinkedIn profiles. Right. But do find a way to list the things that you do, but emphasize the thing that you're going to be reaching out to people the most.
0: Mm. I wonder if he's he's concerned that people may think. Well, he's not taking himself seriously. He's not doing it full time. He's not legitimate because he's got another, another things on the go. And I have worried about that myself. Um, from my perspective, I just have different interests. So I, I like doing photography on the side of voiceover. But I wonder if that, that is a concern. But you don't think it is?
1: Um, it does, I don't know what he does. Um, no. If he doesn't even use LinkedIn for his full time day job, he doesn't even have to list it if he doesn't want to, but then mm. I guess it looks like you've no job experience. But um you don't have to list that in the headline. Mm. In the headline portion, you could just make that about your voiceover career and then you can list your full-time day job down in the job experience section. That's how I would get around it. Right. If if you really want to publicize your current day job, that's fine and that can go in the headline, but um if you're not even going to use if you're not even going to use that as You know, I mean, if it's just people you're worried about your coworkers, maybe seeing your LinkedIn profile and thinking, well, he didn't list his current job. Well, it's there. It's just not emphasized.
0: Yeah. And I feel like I
1: didn't do justice to Brendan's question. So I should go back to that. Oh, yeah. He's he's not going to be happy if I just skip (laughs) over his question. So um, he said, what is the LinkedIn etiquette of current times? I've seen people use it just as an online resume or business card, and others are very aggressive in using it for marketing and promotion. Well, obviously, that's tacky. None of us like mm. to be spammed. Yeah. But that's why I emphasize have a helpful attitude, and people will want to hear what you have to say. It's all about how you come across. I don't like to buy from pushy people personally, yeah. and if I get... One more Facebook invitation to a Lularo leggings party. <laughs> but um, or, or those people that are like, hey, girl, I'm throwing a party. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> but my point would be no spamminess, but you can just say um, something about that. That's why I say say something about that person that's complimentary. Uh, maybe check out their demo reel if they're a video producer. Maybe just, you know, say something nice to people stroke their ego a little bit, or at least just be friendly. Um, even if it's something pretty basic, people can tell that you haven't just, um, you know, you don't, it's, you're not a robot. You don't want to appear as if you're a robot because there are those out there, um, that will just send messages to people. Mm. But, um, yeah, so just be as personable as possible in your writing style. That's how I would get around that.
0: Okay. That's great. And speaking of spamminess, this is just a little aside from me. What's your opinion on these work anniversary messages that you seem to, I seem to get every five minutes? Yes. Um, <laughs> do they mean anything? Are they useful? Are they, they're an irritation to me, but I don't know. What well, you, they do show
1: up a lot. They do show yeah. up a lot. But now what if you take that and use it as a way to contact somebody in mm. your network? Let's say that you connected with somebody a year ago that's, you know, we'll just say video producer again. And it's someone you want to work with, but you sent them a message and you connected with them and you really haven't heard back from them, even though you sent the most compelling message, because (laughs) that happens, too. Don't be discouraged. Once you're in someone's network, they can search for you if they need you. Um, But let's just say that so-and-so has had five years at whatever creative media and um, they would. What if you just drop them a line saying, hey, congrats on your five year anniversary at and then mention the company name? Because mm. then they know that you paid attention to that. And then just say, that's quite an accomplishment or, you know, whatever you want to say. And then yeah. just, you know, have a great day. It's a great touch point. I yeah. call those touch points. But I mean, who doesn't like to hear a little congrats? And when it's your birthday, happy birthday. And then I try to say something else. Like I say one sentence mm. and like, happy birthday, so-and-so. I hope you have a special day. I don't know, whatever. I, whatever yeah. I'm feeling that day. But I add another sentence just so it, they know it's not just the automatic LinkedIn response.
0: Well, that's interesting, the brand recognition thing. Uh, what did you say, touch points? Um, because I do often yeah. wonder why that, why people have that motivation to do that. And But it, it does make sense when you explain it. Um, I don't hire people, so that's, that's it's not really relevant to me. Um, well, it's but all if, about yeah.
1: remem- people remembering you. Yeah. I mean, maybe you, you sent this awesome message and you thought it was just so well-crafted. I've had these. Mm. I have sat there for like, uh, back, back in the day... You know, when I first started, I sent some of the most personable, funny, interesting emails or messages and I got nothing. Yeah. And there are still some people that haven't contacted me because mm-hmm. even though I remember a couple people in particular that I crafted this this <laughs> beautiful message and they never responded.
0: <laughs> the cheek. The cheek. I bit. know. But that's
1: <laughs> life. That's yeah. life, baby. Yeah. So, but yeah. once you're in the network, you're there. So like I say, they can look you up anytime they need you if they just want to search for a voice talent.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, And then one final question um, from our audience. And I've got one more question and then we'll call it a day. Um, Kelsey Navarro, she asks, how important is actually blogging or posting on the site versus connections? So I assume that means creating content on the site versus just being on it.
1: Um, I think both are important. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, they're both kind of two different things. So yeah. when you connect with somebody and you send them a message, um, that's a direct communication. That's that's a way to directly communication. It's more d- indirect if you're writing an article on LinkedIn or publishing a status update. Mm. But let's just say that you're going to send out a newsletter anyway. That's what I did with um, the recent – I wrote a blog I – mean, it became a blog post – um, I'm always saying I'm going to blog more and then I don't. Right. But um, every time I create a blog post or an, or a newsletter and send it out to my list, I always get at least one job, usually at least really? two jobs back from it. Because my list has grown based on the amount of people that I'm connecting with on LinkedIn. Mm. And so um, anytime that you create content, you have the chance of reaching somebody. But you have to be thoughtful in what you're putting out there. Mm. It has to add value. It can't just be some i don't know how to i don't know i mean it needs to add value i'll just say that okay. um it can be about your work but it needs to be again very client focused and um i like to get permission before i post things i just posted recently um a video game app that my daughter and i did together um she's 6 and so she played the daughter and i got to be the mom and it's this wonderful wonderful man um that I was recently introduced to by a fellow voice talent, Kristen Lennox, who is awesome. But um, it's great to be able to refer each other. But I gave, um, you know, I tried to give credit here and there. And I I wasn't sure if this particular guy wanted to be called out by name, so I just put the company. But anyway, um, it's great to put content out there that's going to add value. Mm. It's going to feel good for you to say, thank you, so-and-so, for hiring me, or it was great to work with X company um because that gives them exposure too. Right. Everybody wins cuz they yeah. get exposure, more people are viewing their commercial or whatever it is. Um more people are seeing, you know, this this video game that my daughter and I did. Um maybe would want to buy it because they looked at it and looked interesting. You know, you're always you yeah. should always think how you can help someone else.
0: Right. That's fantastic.
1: But yeah, if you're going to write a blog post anyway, just take it and put it on LinkedIn too and then um just get as much out of it that you can you you don't want to put just a link you can actually you know there I could talk about that but you can ju- you can actually post an article on LinkedIn and that's going to show up in your profile as well
0: right yeah yeah i've seen not
1: that, that i've done very many because i think there's there's not very many i don't do a lot of writing i like to write but uh, oh. finding the time
0: oh i know i know that's right that's the, that's usually the problem i mean if you're trying to maintain six different social media platforms and <laughs> do work and actually like lead your life, you know, there's just yeah. never enough time to do everything. Um, but I think probably focusing on LinkedIn is, is worthwhile from a business perspective.
1: That's what I would say too. Mm. Um, now, I know a lot of people that do get business off of Twitter or mm. uh, maybe using their Facebook business page. Mm. I, I know people that get work off of Instagram. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. But I would assume the basic principles are the same is to, you know, be compelling for Instagram or something. It would be really focused on the content that you provide. LinkedIn is less focused on the content. Mm. Um, So that's a relief.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's more focused on, you know, growing your network with the right people and sending direct messages, I would say, is more important than the content you create. But you always want to try to be out there and, you know, continue to engage with people because they're going to get to know you through the, um, you know, through the content that you put out there. You're going to be able to promote some of your work and um, gain credibility through that. So it, it all matters. But me personally, my opinion, and I can't, you know, I have no research for this, <laughs> but I would say that reaching out to people directly is the best. Right. That's how I've gotten my jobs.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um. And my final question, how many hours would you say you put into LinkedIn each week sitting down? either with your phone or on your desktop and and actually working on your LinkedIn profile and forging connections?
1: Well, as far as updating my profile, I hardly ever do that anymore. I don't right. have to because it's once you lay it out there, it's pretty much done. Mm. You do need to update your media samples. Maybe if you get a new agent, you want to put that on there. Mm. Um, anything like that, that would change. But that's the beauty of it is once you set your profile, you're pretty much kind of done unless you think of a way that you want to improve it, which I'm always... Always thinking of ways, um, yeah, and then you can and then you can change it. But as far as um, reaching out, I I have a resource called um, Five Daily Reachouts. What I try to do is to reach out to five new people every day, or oh. huh, or I will follow up with an old contact that I haven't heard from in a while, and I'll count that as one. But my goal every day is five. Because that's doable, right? If I sit down and think, oh, I have to spend an hour in front of the computer. I'm never going to do it. And plus, I didn't tell you this, but I have four kids. They're eight, six, four, (laughs) and two. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, fair play.
1: (laughs) I don't have a lot of time and my life has many interruptions. Yes, I can imagine. I use my phone a lot. So Mm. you better believe I expense that thing on taxes. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: But my phone is a lifeline because I, did, I can be doing anything and I can get on the LinkedIn app and send a message that way or, you know, connect with someone new and wait for them to connect back um, and that sort of thing. So I don't know if it's really time. I mean, in the beginning, when you're first wanting to grow your profile, you need to spend more time on it. Mm. Um, as you go along, you don't have to spend as much time. But I always tell people you get out what you put in.
0: Right. Yeah. That's
1: true of anything.
0: Yeah, that makes Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Well, I mean, I think we've had a fairly exhaustive examination of the main the main points of LinkedIn. Anyway, I know I know there are a lot of um we can go down a lot of other rabbit holes here, but we don't we don't my have time. My goal was
1: my goal was to exhaust you, Jamie.
0: Okay. Well, I don't feel too drained. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I
1: hope you feel empowered because I do. I do. Good. LinkedIn can actually be fun.
0: Yeah. No, I believe it. I believe it. Um and I'm I am quite excited to make those changes to my profile and I hope everyone listening um is feeling the same way that they can go home and tweak their profile to present it in a way that's going to be most appealing to everyone and it's it's kind of it's almost like a game really isn't it you you partake in with this this whole thing
1: I think it is too and for people that just really want an all inclusive way to quickly learn about LinkedIn from start to finish I have to tell you about the course one more time just yep. because of the fact I'm not here to sell it to you because I don't need that money as income. I don't. But I created it because so many people asked me how I do it, especially with four kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It can be done. You do have to put the work in and you do have to have the passion and you have to put some of your personality into every email or message that you send. But if you want a a fast way, relatively fast, it's two hours of content broken up into tiny videos, though, step by step. And I'm the one giving you the information. It's fun. It's as exciting and fun as I can make it. (laughs) Um, But that that website, again, is thelinkedinedge.com. I don't want anybody to feel helpless like, the, oh, my gosh, where do I start? Or trying to piece together what I've just talked about because the course has it all step by step. It also has eight bonus material things that you can download and keep, including, and this is really good, a checklist of all the things that you should have on your LinkedIn profile all in one place. So right. it's, it's a great resource for people
0: that's brilliant the fact that it's on video is even better i mean we've done our best today to paint the picture for you but it's it's such a visual medium you know having the video side it absolutely makes perfect sense all right well tracy lindley thank you so much for talking to me today that was really really fascinating um yeah thank you
1: you are such a pleasure to talk with jamie thank you so much for having me as a guest today
0: Okay, there we are. What a fun interview that was. Um, I had a great time speaking with Tracy. And wow, there's so much actionable information there. Since I recorded this interview with Tracy, I've gone through and really, really done a lot of work on my LinkedIn profile. So if you're connected with me on LinkedIn, uh, you won't see a lot of the things that she saw when uh, she was looking at my profile there. Uh, Hopefully it's much better now. And I'm a little bit smilier in my profile picture before we sign off I want to thank everyone who's listened to the podcast we have crossed the 20,000 download mark and that's super exciting and we've only been going six months and uh, so thank you thank you to everyone and thank you to everyone who talks about the podcast and shares it on social media it really really helps the thing to grow and you know I want more and more people to listen to it of course and to interact with us as well that's a lot of fun and The more interactive it is, the better it is for everyone, I think. Okay, that's enough of me. So thank you again, and I'll see you next week. Thank you to this week's guests. Our sponsors, J. Michael Collins, IPDTL, and Backstage Magazine. Thanks also to Kyle Marie Colucci and Chris Sharps for social media support. Special thanks to Patreon supermember Angus Gunn. Join us next time for another class.